Welcome to Woven Conversations. I'm your host, Michelle Meinhart. This is a series of conversations I have with my friends, each with a unique perspective. Today, I sat down with Bert Deibel, and we ended up talking about manliness, manhood, yoga, and mindfulness. I hope you enjoy episode three, Be a Man. Hi, Bert. Hi, Michelle. How's it going today? Good. How about you? I'm doing wonderful. Your daughter kicked a soccer ball into my nuts about 20 minutes ago, but other than that, I'm I'm getting by. I'm getting by. <laughs> Kids are good for that. They are. They are. So thanks for coming today. Hey, you're welcome. I'm excited to do this. I, I had no I, I had no idea what to expect. Yeah, at all. that makes it a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. We've had so much fun doing this with Jordan and then Megan. Megan kept us on our toes last week, and our conversation got very centered on. Uh, being a woman. And mm-hmm. so it was absolutely perfect that you were next in the lineup, already scheduled to be here. So you get to bring the man's perspective. I like that. How do you feel about speaking for all of mankind? That's a tall order. That's a t- <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, man, manhood in its very nature, it, it, it is, it's, it's not what it was when I was a kid. And it's not what it was when my dad was a kid. And it's mm-hmm. not what it was when my grandpa was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I honestly... I would like to speak for all men, but I don't know what being a man is anymore. I don't know how that's defined. Oh, that sounds interesting. Like you might have more thoughts on that. Some, okay. because I don't know. I mean, uh-huh. the only thoughts I have are the thoughts that I don't know. I, my definition of a man is what's sitting outside of Treadway's, uh, Treadway's little uh, studio right here. Uh-huh. There are saws. There are lawnmowers. There are weed eaters. Mm-hmm. There are things that can kill you. Yeah. Right? And being able to operate those things, that's being a man. Oh, you know, growing up, that's growing up, that's kind of what what it was. You know, men don't cry, men punch uh-huh. things, men exude violence, men do all these things that you just don't see men doing anymore. Men, millennial Gen Z, yeah. I guess, type men would be uh-huh. the men that I'm speaking of right now. What, do you think that things have actually shifted for for what it means to be a man over time? Or do you is there something more or am I just becoming happening? or am I just becoming that middle-aged man? Uh, I, I get don't off my know. lawn. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter's boyfriend, he's a, he's a great guy. He contributes to the community. He's a professional, uh, but he doesn't know what a screwdriver is. You yeah. know, just little things like that, things you would expect a man to know, mm. you know, he mm-hmm. does. And I'm not, and I'm not insulting him. I'm not belittling him in yeah. the least. He has plenty of other qualities, uh-huh. but the qualities that he has that he that don't match the qualities that, that you typically associate with being a man in a traditional sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has, I think, changed significantly. What it's like to raise young boys, mm-hmm. yeah. I have a feeling, is quite different now yeah. than what it has been. Um, you've met my oldest. He is um, he has got hair past his shoulders mm-hmm. in a very, what would probably be considered by most, a very non-masculine look. Yes. I think it's fantastic. He, looks, he has a great head of hair. He looks like the male lead from the Blue Lagoon. <laughs> That's what he looks like. I'm going to date myself because I yeah, don't know I mean, who so, that is. Oh, no way. Brooke Shields? Oh, I'm so old. But that's totally what he looks fine. like to me. Yeah. He just he looks like the male lead yeah. from the Blue Lagoon. I forget his name, but yeah. that's what he looks like to me. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, it's different. We we as parents have been a little bit more um what do I want to say? intentional about what it means to be gender conforming with our kids. Mm-hmm. Like we we I remember when our kids were just wee wee little, one of them was crying about boots. It was a girl, probably my oldest girl 
was crying because of the color of her boots. And she was like, those are boy boots. And I was like, they're not boy boots. Yeah. They are blue boots. <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> so we have a ongoing discussion about yeah. what it means to be more masculine or feminine without losing the, the beautiful qualities that comes with masculinity mm -hmm. and femininity. I am not by any means a gender expert. I've And neither am I. Yeah. Neither am I. But it is an interesting um it's an interesting way of kind of looking at the world as those things shift and change for as we get older and as our children get yeah. older yeah. and what that kind of begins to to turn on. So, um I find that especially being in a line of work now that is a majority female driven. Oh yeah, for sure. So, for sure. it it makes me ask a lot of questions around like, well, how do you make this welcoming for somebody if they f perceive this to be a very feminine mm -hmm. thing to do when yoga was invented by men and women weren't actually allowed to practice it ever really? in its earliest forms. Huh. Yes. Spiritual things were mm -hmm. not to be trusted with the lady folk. Uh, I can see that. At so the time. Yep. They, the, the tides have since changed. And I feel like that has something to do with the whole masculinity, femininity of what it means to have, be a spiritual person. Mm -hmm. Because sure. I don't think, I come from a church world prior to yoga, and even there, it's very, very similar. Mm -hmm. Church things are driven by the work of women. Yeah. <laughs> Typically, it's all men yeah. on a board, yep. but it's all done by the work of, a, of women because it's, I don't know, softer, maybe? I'm That's not true. sure. Gentler. Yeah, I Maybe. can see that. I can see there's yeah. a there's there's a need for a motherliness mm -hmm. in in those situations mm -hmm. that even the even the kindest kindest church guy mm -hmm. just can't provide. Mm -hmm. he, he can't do mm -hmm. what the church women can do. Mm -hmm. I suppose he could, mm -hmm. but it's just not the same. Yeah, or maybe he's or we, I should say, mm -hmm. we haven't created a culture where somebody feels like they're able to do that yeah. very well. So it's, it's okay to be sensitive. And be a guy. Yeah. That's a, and that's, and that's yeah. a big thing that I'm kind of seeing change a little bit. It yeah. seems like the younger, the younger population is more mm -hmm. open to who they are. They're mm -hmm. more comfortable with not being overly yeah. manly, not being aggressively macho. Yeah. That sense of yeah. machismo yes. is starting to sort of mellow out a little yeah. bit. I, for one, am fantastic with that idea. But mm -hmm. I'm coming from a, a different side of the... Uh, it's true. But it, it has its place. It yes, really does. There's, it does. There's a sense of comfort in uh -huh. when... I mean, I've, I have done yoga off and on for years now. Mm -hmm. And when we, first did, when we first did yoga here in town, it was dude yoga. Yeah. You know, and it was me and a bunch of guys and you, and we did yoga. And it was okay because it was a bunch of guys. Mm -hmm. And then the guys started to filter out. And then all of a sudden, I had to go to regular yoga. The first couple times I went to regular yoga, it was very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it wasn't anything that anybody did. Mm -hmm. It was just a place that I, as a man, mm -hmm. I felt like I didn't belong. Interesting. You know, it yeah. took it took a long time for me to wrap my head around the fact that not only should I be comfortable there, but I should be welcome there. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, mm -hmm. and it took a while. It mm -hmm. really did. Just curious. Typically, when I have guests come, I let them ask all the questions. But mm -hmm. here I am. But I'm just curious. Is that one of the first times in the world that you have recognized a lack of comfort based on your gender? Yes. I would, I would just about guarantee it. Yeah. I've, it, it's rare for me to be uncomfortable uh -huh. in a situation, mm -hmm. but that, yeah, I felt, I felt like I was, I can't even equate a situation to it. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I felt like I couldn't make eye contact with people. I felt like you, you just yeah. really kind of had to be there and be, be 
be invisible. I, I yeah. was doing my best to sit in the corner of the yoga studio with my mat <laughs> and pretend yeah. like I wasn't there. Yeah. You know, and it made it hard to appreciate the yoga. It made it hard yeah. to relax. Yeah. Yeah. But over time, you just you get used to it. You get yes. comfortable with it. Well, it's probably from my perspective, I have had multiple times in my life that I can walk into a room and know that I'm the only female there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been in different places. I went to seminary when I was in my 20s and I was the only woman in the room. Yeah. Almost. I won't say all the time. Yeah. A majority of the time. And so the sense of feeling that discomfort of only just recognizing that you're different. Yeah. Um, is something I feel like everybody should feel at least once simply to know what it's like mm-hmm. for people who feel it quite to often. To be an outsider. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I'm glad to hear that it is not. It subsides. Yeah. It's just, and then you just feel mm-hmm. welcome. It's like anything else. It's just another mm-hmm. thing that you do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have, I have a wife and two daughters at home. Yeah. Well, they're not at home anymore, but they were for the longest time. I was surrounded by women my entire life. Yeah. I didn't think it would bother me like it did, but That's it was, it was very off-putting. Yeah. You know. What was it that you think finally made you feel a little bit more comfortable? Was there something? Is it just the practice? I think it just it just took practice. It just mm-hmm. and that and knowing people there. Mm-hmm. I think the first couple times I went, it was the only other person I knew there was probably Donna Fagan. Uh-huh. You know, and um, but just over time, you go there long enough. Eventually, you're not the new guy anymore. Yeah. And then the other people come in, and they're the new guy, and they're trying to be invisible, and you uh-huh. appreciate that. So, uh-huh. you know, you kind of strike up conversation with them, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you're not. Yeah. You're not odd man out anymore. You're not yeah. new guy anymore. Yeah. So. It starts to feel more. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting that one of the elements that makes it feel more uncomfortable is one of the reasons that you come, most people come to a yoga class and Mm -hmm. that's because it's a a body centered practice. Oh, for sure. And for For something to, to recognize that you're in a body that's different than other bodies in a room. Yeah. That's a body centered practice. Uh, kind of just, I don't know, Mm brings some things out to light. It does. It does. Mm -hmm. And, and undoing and, and along those same lines, not, Focusing on your own practice and not being competitive. Yeah. And I feel like that's another guy thing that needs mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. not be undone, but needs to be mandated a bit uh-huh. in that, you know, yoga doesn't have to be competitive. You know, yeah. you don't have to look yeah. around to see what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Even though you've made reference to that at almost every practice <laughs> that this isn't, this isn't a competition. This is yeah. all about you. And it's like, no, I can't do that. I got to yeah. look around and see how I'm stacking up. That's you know, it's it that took a long time to undo as well. Mm, sounds like a wiring type of I like, think or, so. yeah. or at least a uh, culturalizing of yeah, it all. For sure, mm-hmm. for sure. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to be best at it. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. So. That's so. Do you see the same type? Of, you're also a football coach mm-hmm. for I mean the, the junior high level, middle but, school, seventh eighth. So grade, yeah. how do you see that shift in especially young guys being maybe less competitive or less and uh, inclined to be competitive. Mm-hmm. How does that shape the it's, way their experience is? It's frustrating it, for, for them and for us, mm-hmm. you know, to be, it's something I've seen in just, in just my, what, 12, 15 years I've been coaching the, to be content with mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And I, and I don't mean to sound like, mm-hmm. you know, that jerk football coach, but <laughs> getting that out of kids is a hard thing to do. How you can yeah. just be content to, you know, just wear the Jersey. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to be out here, I, I don't care about ability so much as I do about effort, especially at this level, Yeah, because so many of them haven't went through puberty yet, or so many of them just went through and they're like a three-legged giraffe out there yeah. and they're all just trying to find their way, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's, it, it's hard for a kid to accept the fact that he's not good at that young of an age. Like, dude, you're good. You're just, you just don't know it yet. You're not yeah. there yet yeah. physically. Yeah. Don't give up and for God's sake, don't settle for where you are now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. so frustrating. It's a really interesting thing to put effort out there and work towards, like, 
what it means to exert effort mm-hmm. and yet also not put yourself on a scale of success based on outcomes. Yeah. And that's so, and that's true. Um like it, some so many times it's um because we I don't know, we live in these brains that are very black and white mm-hmm. and that kind of a thing that we either say, well, you either give it your all and you and you succeed and you, you know, win yeah. and it's all for or you eh, just be happy with what you have when there has to be a way and I feel like I find it in a in a yoga practice frequently that you can show up completely and also not tie your worth to your outcome okay and yo- yoga does have that sort of um mm-hmm. it does I don't, can't think of the word I'm looking for but it does have that way about it that you yeah. know I, I can go there and fall down a half dozen times and still feel successful yeah yeah you know or, yeah. or not be as flexible as I mm-hmm. thought I was going to be mm-hmm. and still be successful. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I've actually been to a couple games that you guys have been to where the outcome wasn't necessarily that you had more points on the board, but you found a lot of success yeah. and a lot of growth with some of the even specific kids or as a group of boys mm-hmm. that it's kind of the same thing that you can age, you can gauge what's happening based on the efforts and yeah. not just the actual outcome although everybody wants to win like, there's nothing wrong with wanting that, to win that last game of the season <laughs> with that seventh grade they were just devastated and i told mm-hmm. him i said you've got nothing to hang your head about yeah this was the best game you've played all mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. and sometimes you can do your best and still come out on the wrong side of it you just have to yeah. accept that yeah and keep trying and keep getting better mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I typically invite folks to come here to ask me the questions, and I feel like I kind of turned the tables on you. So, what do you have? What 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 did what, you? What bring? do I want to know about? And it's I like I said, I've done yoga off and on. I I like the I like the physical aspect of it. I mm-hmm. like the the stretching aspect of it. But is yoga really exercise? I'm mm-hmm. never out of breath at yoga. Mm-hmm. Well, yoga that's really good. Exercise? That means you're doing it right. Awesome. Yes. Um, you could. I think you can classify anything that requires movement and engages your muscles as exercise um yoga is really unique within the movement world i will i'll qualify it as movement because it it works with your muscles it works with connective tissue it works with all of those things but um the practice is really centered around your nervous system as much as your muscular system and so the benefits that come from it yes you get stronger with repeated use because that's anything anything you do i'm sure that your right pinky finger is exceptionally strong because it's how we hold our cell phones now it's just repeated use but um so you do get stronger and there are poses that we implement to try to help us get stronger Mm -hmm. but it's really about the nervous system and because there's a center centeredness on breath all the way through as you move what, what we're basically doing is adding controlled stress to the body in a way that allows your nervous system to process stress in a way that doesn't read it as danger. And so by keeping the breath moving as you add that very specific kind of stress, it teaches your nervous system how to respond and then come back down into uh, rest and digest okay. response uh, a little bit easier. And so what you're really doing is learning how to healthy, how to stress out in a healthy way. Okay. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. So yes. if you're looking to replace a, I don't know, a weightlifting regimen, mm-hmm. yoga is not going to do the same thing. Body weight is always there. We always add some elements in, but it's not the same type of thing. Also, it, the way you lengthen your muscles as much as you strengthen them changes the look of your muscles a little bit different. So you're not going to get the bulk of okay. like a weight room or something. But um, 
the entire focus of the practice is to keep with the breath. So that's okay. why you sometimes you can get out of breath. I think there's some power it's yoga practices to, yeah, that it's hard that to do maintain a stable breath, a steady breath mm-hmm. in, during mm-hmm. practice. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so easy to let your mind go and just feel what you're feeling in your body. Yeah. That. Yeah. But that's why we continually add a little bit more. We start without any stress on the body, focusing on the breath, we add a little bit more, we add Mm -hmm. a little bit more. Hopefully you reach a point in your practice that you think, oh my gosh, why is she making me do this? Because that's again, another practice. (laughs) (laughs) It's another practice of learning how to deal with stress and keep yourself in the moment. And then we bring it back down. And then Shavasana is just this glorious feel, letting go of all the things. Oh yeah. And so. That's that's the highlight of my day. It is every time. Uh, where does mindfulness fit in on all this? Well, I think that's where the work with your your stress response happens. So mm-hmm. you're creating a gap between the stimulus and how you respond. You're actually getting to choose your response rather than being uh, reactive. And so, what's happening in your body um, is begins to transform and happen in your mind. Or vice versa. Some folks really start with mindfulness practices and then the body work, the moving around on a mat is just a way to make make it kind of bigger or more physical. But they go hand in hand. And all it is 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 putting a bigger gap in time between whatever is stressing us and how we decide to respond. Between stimulus and response. Yes. So many people just live through life especially with the, I don't know, the demands on our life as it is, to whatever happens, and then you immediately react Mm -hmm. in reaction time. Whereas what we're learning how to do is put space there so that you can mindfully respond. And there's like a training that goes into that so that you can do it with intention. That you can do, I don't just want to do this thing. I want to do it in this way, which is why, this is why so many athletes turn to yoga and mindfulness Mm -hmm. is because they... um, they're retraining their habits so that their automatic reflexes are exactly what they want. You know, that's why yeah. basketball players shoot a thousand free mm-hmm. throws. They don't need to think about it. They've actually trained their muscles and trained everything to just do what they want to do. Mindfulness gives you that space to decide. And that's when those players go out on the floor or on the field and they've learned how to not get stressed when they mm-hmm. see a large man, large boy coming yeah. at them mm-hmm. and not know what to do. They know how to work within the stress of their body and choose a response to th- let the, the time kind of grow, I should say. Like, I like that. I like yeah. that. So anyways, yeah. Or on the, on the first, on the, I think about the first, uh, on the first tee when I'm golfing, mm-hmm. that would be something, something like that would be incredibly helpful. Probably it's because so. I've snap hooked so many into the barn out there at Lincoln Hills <laughs> over the years, just because <laughs> I can't wrap my head around what it's supposed to do. And it, you know, yes. And the heart's going, donk, 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 donk. Yeah. Just, you can't undo that. Yeah. So. Okay, uh-huh. that that led yep. to my next question. How can mindless help me in everyday life? You just answered that. So. There you go. It's just a gap in time. It's mm-hmm. practicing, deciding how you want to respond. Yeah. Uh, rather than just being driven by impulses. Okay. So, Which, well, I've got a few questions for you before awesome. we wrap up. All right. So just a little bit more get to know you, so that people at home who don't have the pleasure of knowing Bert Dibel <laughs> will feel like they have a little bit of insight. Okay. Um, what's the last podcast or book that you referenced to other people? Guns, Germs, and Steel by Jared Diamond to your husband. Yes, he he went out and got it. Although so it I was an effective reference. I reference Sapiens pretty regularly. <sighs> Such a good book. And I, you know what? As Such good a book, a book as it is, I read like 10 pages a month. Oh, gosh. I, it I is heavy. I shamefully admit, I can't, you, I've yet to finish Sapiens. That thing is so heavy, you could use it as like a deadlift. Oh, like yeah, it's for sure. Dense. For sure. Even the paper is oh, dense. There's a lot yeah, going on there. It's good. Um, if you weren't a teacher of junior high students, 
you would likely be a... I'd like to think I would be somewhere in the entertainment industry. Oh. Or a stuntman. Very fun. <laughs> but this to be honest, I, I don't know. know what else I would do. Okay. I've, I've tended bar. I've driven truck. I've delivered pizzas. I've worked in factories. I've done every god-awful job there is under the sun. And teaching is the only thing I've found that really gave me any level of satisfaction. Mm. Other than coaching, but coaching and teaching kind of go hand yep. in hand. So. Yeah. Okay. Family. What is that to you? Everything. Everything. It's, it's what I look forward to every day. Mm. Being a husband and father are two of my favorite things. So awesome. I can't be any clearer than that. Yeah, it's great. If you were to write a book based on your life experiences, what would it be called? Surrounded by dumb shits. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about the content of that I book. Have actually, JJ, uh, your husband and I have been talking about this book for years, and it's just our adventures in coaching <laughs> middle school football. Because I, I love them all to death, and I probably shouldn't call them that, but they... They do some of the dumbest things and they ask some of the dumbest questions. And, <laughs> and like I said, I love coaching. And I always said, at some point, I'm going to write a book and it's going to be called Surrounded by Dumb Shits, My Adventures in Coaching Middle School Football. Oh, I love it. So, and every, every time somebody does something outrageous, JG, I'll just yell, that's chapter 24. And I go, gotcha. <laughs> we'll make a mental note of it. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. And Bert, what's saving you right now? That's a good question. I don't know. I, I, I didn't realize I was in need of saving. Oh, that's, a, that's a pretty good answer. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, I don't know. I kind of thought I had my stuff together. What have you been seeing? <laughs> nope. This is what I've been asking everybody. Um, I don't know. I, I would have to say my wife. <laughs> she, she is the thing that keeps me grounded. Yeah. She's the thing that keeps me from being a dumb shit. So, <laughs> so I I'm being your her, own chapter 24. Yeah. She'd, yeah. Yeah. She'd have her own book about me. But oh, um, no, great. she's the one that keeps me grounded. She's the yes. one that keeps me on my toes, keeps me honest. Love so. it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for coming in, Anytime. sharing all these thoughts. I love it. This is a lot of fun. I'd do this again. So <sighs> then you might have just made a promise. All right. I'm down. All right. Just give me a heads up and give me a topic. All so right. very cool. We'll see you later. Yep. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us. Tune in next week. We'll have Steph Book joining us. Until then, namaste.